I'm back in the hometown, Ithaca, Big Red Country. I'm here today with Pam Kelleher, class of 95. 95. Absolutely. 95. And uh, she is actually a big timer. She's a partner at EY, formerly Ernst & Young. You changed the name. <laughs> changed the name to protect the innocent. Just kidding. Um, EY. So uh, welcome to The Grit. And The Grit, as you know, I don't know if you know this, it's really about adversity. It's what kind of lessons do we learn through sport? What kind of things as women do we go through that every day we tell stories about these things? So welcome to the show, Pam. Happy to have you. I'm so thrilled to be here. As you know, during my years, you were the coach. I was the coach. I was against you guys. Female coaches. She's like, I'm secretly, I'm secretly cheering for the other team. But yeah, no, but it's, it's really, though, it was really hard, to be honest, going through that, you know, um, as a woman in a, a man's world. Um, but it is what it is, you know, and I'm glad, I'm really happy that you said that, because I don't know what kind of impact I had as a women's coach on other players around the league. I mean, it was just so cool to go play a team that had a female coach, because yeah. it was so different yeah. and just unheard of at the time. I know. Isn't it awful? It's when just, you think about it? I mean, whenever I think of your name, that's what I think about. You see me on the like other side? The going, brown coach. The brown coach, I know. I'm in this Cornell meetings, and I'm like, well, you're playing brown today. Beat brown. And they're like, wait, what? What just happened? Well, you know, I have to be yes, you know, yes. true to the, ever true to, yeah. to Cornell. Yeah. So it's interesting that I just said ever true because that's brown's motto. Ah. But now I'm ever true to Cornell. There you go. There you brown, go. don't be getting mad at me. But, you know, <laughs> these guys, I wouldn't be who I was if Cornell didn't embrace me. So I always thank Cornell every day that I am who I am. Yeah. And we appreciate you being back well, here all the time. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to get back here because I really believe in the mission. You know, I believe, as you, you saw me present today about history, mm -hmm. it's really about telling stories about women. And like yourselves, and you have an amazing story mm -hmm. that I want you to tell. And um, why don't we start, first of all, when you started to play hockey. Start that. Yeah, that sure. Thing. So uh, it was so great for me. I grew up in this tiny town, but we had three NHL players. What what town? Uh, I grew up in Southboro, Massachusetts, which at the time was like six thousand people. Yep. Yep. But we had a great rank at St. Mark's, which mm -hmm. is a prep mm -hmm. school. I remember St. Mark's. Um, and that's where I learned to skate. I showed up with my uh, figure skates <laughs> when I was tiny. <laughs> And once these three NHL players got out there, they were like, what are those? So who were the NHL players that were from South Park? So the, the big family were the Browns. Okay. Doug Brown and Greg Brown. I remember Doug Brown. Um, Greg is still coaching now. Um, and then the Bosconis mm -hmm. as well. Um, way back in the day, uh, Mr. Bosconi was a power skating nice. coach. Yep. So he also said, you got to get rid of the skates. Get rid of the skates. Get some black ones. <laughs> yeah. And so what did your parents say? A lot of times we talk about how important it is for your parents to embrace the sports culture for girls. They were all for it. You know, they said, hey, if that's what you want to do, go Good. do it. Um, I have a twin sister, so there were two of us. So, so we swapped out two white skates for two black skates. Awesome. And we were there. Did she uh, end up going on to play? She or? did. She uh, she was a, she played soccer okay. and hockey. She went to Middlebury. Middlebury. A little okay. bit easier to do that. Yeah. 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 I remember when I st first started at Brown, um, we had several two and three sport athletes. Yes. And then... Honestly, as I went through the whole, uh, you know, my whole career, I always, I'm like, go play another sport, go play another sport. All the way, I'm probably going to think until the 2000s. Yeah. Because I just was not going to have, um, 
people put boxes on the players because I really felt like they'd be happier if they were doing what they loved. And if it meant that they weren't with us half the year, I think it's about making what you, what you think fit into the system problem. And the system problem was, well, they're not going to be as good. And I'm like, wait, well, maybe if she's not there, it gives someone else an opportunity. So if you start to think about yeah. things differently and frame them differently, sometimes they work. And I, I think that it worked for us. Yeah. You know, it was interesting when I was deciding to go to college, I was a big soccer player too. Mm -hmm. And so it was tough for me what to pick. And I remember having this coach saying, well, we only want you if you're going to play soccer and hockey. And it really turned me off. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll take that one off the list. I know. Um, so, I'm surprised that you and your sister didn't go together. That was another, um, we also had another coach say, I don't want one of you. I only want both. That's which was really interesting. Um, so that one went off the list. <laughs> well, you guys must have been really smart. If you went to Cornell and your sister went to Middlebury, you guys had the grades, so you probably had yeah, a lot of leverage. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of support. Education was always huge in our family. Did you go to St. Mark's? Uh, we did go to yeah. St. Mark's. Good school. Um, it was a great school, really great experience. Mm -hmm. Set me up well to come here. Yeah, it did. Sure. It did, because, you know, a lot of people don't understand the value of being at a prep school and what it does teach you as far as when it, you know, doing your SATs, because you go to public school, like I remember, I'm like, what is an SAT? How many times do I have to take it? You know, you didn't even know. Um, and I, I really feel like sometimes, um, some of the kids are at a disadvantage that you just are in public now. It's just yeah. the fact of the matter. So if you can use sports to get to a prep school, sometimes I say this, I say, yeah. I say to them, sometimes the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow isn't college, sometimes it could be prep school. Right? If you come from, say, I don't know, Arizona and you're a hockey player, you come from, North, uh, I don't know, New Mexico, and you get into a St. Mark's, that could be your pot right. of gold. Right. Maybe you don't go play D1, but at the end of the day, you went to St. Mark's, which right. is a great institution. So Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I have a 15-year-old daughter, and we talk a lot we about We talked about this. her. So she, uh, you know, in seventh and eighth grade, she went to, to a, a prep school, and she, she was convinced she was an athlete student, and they literally spent two years convincing that it's student-athlete. And now in her freshman year, she's totally bought into yes. the fact that it opens up a tremendous amount of opportunities for her to be just as great and love the classroom oh, yeah. as much as she loves the hockey. And that's hard sometimes for athletes to get out of their comfort zone because their comfort zone, I, and I can speak to this, it was on the ice, was on the field, you know, all the time. And then all of a sudden, oh, God, now i got to go do math, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. But to flip the switch and to flip it at a young age into being academics first, I think is just a real testament to, play, to parents like you mm -hmm. and also to places like St. Mark's. So after you went to St. Mark's, you went to Cornell, and you majored in? So I majored in economics. I yeah. still, to this day, have no idea what is economics. All I remember is, upon graduation, saying to myself, "If I see another graph of oh, supply and demand." I know. So I quickly uh, got myself out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and got your MBA. I got my MBA. Uh, I went to Northeastern okay. and to an accelerated program. Um, and that's how I got into EY, which okay. is where I still am today, 23 years. That's later. crazy. <laughs> like, you were telling me that on the way over, and I'm like, 23 years at the same place. And I talk about that a lot as women. I kind of feel like we're nesters, right? We really like to be at one place for a long time. It's comfortable. 
Um, do you think that over the years that that's impacted your, uh, your earning potential? Because a lot of times they say when you go from one company to another, do you think a lot of that limits a lot of women by being in one place? It just kind of came into my head, so I had to ask Yeah, the no, I mean, I had so many different opportunities over the years, and what I really loved about EY was the culture mm -hmm. there, and I always felt like it didn't really matter whether I was Making money. a woman or a man. Or I, I, I got the same opportunities, yeah. and I actually felt like I deserved them, too. Yeah. And I, um, I tie a part of that back to just being an athlete mm -hmm. here. And Talk having more about that, that. And having just that confidence mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I learned how to, you know, recover from games that we lost that we should have won that were a real disappointment mm -hmm. and, and bring it even better the next day. Right. You know, I um, celebrated the highs from when we really won games or we did something really great as a team. and. And all of those skills just, it, it just made me think, well, I deserve just as much as any other male counterpart I yeah. have. And I was, you know, at the time when I joined our firm, there was actually, there was one female executive that you would look up to. And when we looked up to her, it was more from, we don't want to be anything like her. Wow. Because um, she was such a badass. Right. Yeah. And it, it was nothing that you would ever say, oh, I want to be like that, that someday. And, um, from a role model perspective, you know, just over time, that's one of the things that's been so great for me is to be a role really model. just saying, you know, because of what I saw when I started, mm. there weren't any role models to now we have just so many. How and, many in your company uh, that are an executive? Yeah, do you I mean, know? we now, our executive team is over 30% wow, women. That's high. Which is huge. We hire more than 50% women when they start right off campus. Wow. Um, we have a U.S.-based female CEO, which is also fantastic. Love. We love EY. <laughs> so, um, so, so, how, so wait, so let's go back to this. This is fascinating to me. So when you got there, there was one, and now you have 30%. Do you know about what that number is? Uh, in total, yeah. headcount? Yeah. We have close to 200,000 people. So 30% of that. Company. Yeah. Really? So that's a lot. Yeah, it's like it's a lot. So, so you as a partner, what do you like? What does that mean to people out there that don't know from your position's perspective? Yeah. So, um, as partners, we do a lot of different things. What I do is um, has a direct relation to financial statements. Okay. So I'm going into companies and evaluating their financial statements wow. um, from the standpoint of um, you know making sure that what they're reporting to investors is reasonably correct. accurate. That's cool. And do you yourself hire a lot of um, women? Like, do you look, look for women athletes to hire? So I, I look for a lot of women athletes. I'd love to get them from Cornell. Yes. <laughs> Cornell um, people, yeah, this I've, is not a violation or anything, uh, but you and you as know, an alum, it's important. It is. And you know what's really great, um, and I, I give EY a ton of credit, is we recognize that when we come on campus, you know, as EY for the 300 or some odd people that come, to see us, that a lot of the athletes can't make it to that big presentation because they're in practice. Wow. So then I stay, and the next morning I do an athlete That's session awesome. for EY, and it's so great. And some of the best people we find are, those are, guys. That, are that next morning. It's great. And everyone else is gone. We're like, come to us. I love that. But see, because you are an athlete, you think like that. Right. Right? And I just, I mean, as I look at resumes and I interview people, I mean, it's, 
the qualities and the, the, just the resume of an yeah. athlete just is really What sticks different. out to you? What's good? Well, it's funny, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to them about marketing themselves better. Right. I mean, the, the simple, the easiest one is project management, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. you've got to keep up with your academics and have a huge commitment right. in terms of right. when you're at practice, lifting, whatever it is. Yeah. That skill set is tremendously beneficial. In, in business, it's crazy. And then <laughs> the athletes are like, what do you mean? It's, it, this is what I do. Like, right. you just do right. it. And the other thing that I find is we're patterned. We're animals, right? We're patterned animals. Like, I get up, I gotta do things this way. And in business, sometimes it's good to have the structure of mm -hmm. this is the regiment, this is the routine we go through, this is the accountability factor, you know, and the reporting. And I, I just see this massive connection. But what I found with women sometimes is that sometimes they don't see themselves in those positions. How do you get them to see themselves there? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that I, that I do with a couple of the freshmen and sophomores here is look at their resumes and tell them how to, or help them tell their story. Because I think it's not until after you experience it and you've worked for a couple of years that you're really able to step back and figure out what you got out of and see who you the are. experience. Um, I mean, even th the project management is a big one, but just motivation in terms of coming to work every day, trying to accomplish something is massive and it stands out these Tell days me. across you know all the students that we're recruiting on campus that's huge just finding someone that's motivated to challenge to go to work to show up right you have show to be motivated to go to work <laughs> come to work on time please come on time please come and that was it crazy yeah yeah I, I mean i my some of my teams laugh at me because i say to them i just want you to start and finish two things today if you start 20, that doesn't do us any good because you never two. finish them. Right, right, so right. like, but think of that way in terms of execution. Of course. And I find that just athletes are motivated. And yeah. They're like, okay, I did two by 10 o'clock. Right. Where's my next two? Where's the next You're like, two? okay, where's my next two? No, I'm serious. I, I really believe it. So, wow, this is fascinating. I have to have you back on because, you know, as someone that's uh, a C at B, we call it C at B role model, um, it's just really important to have more women like you out you know, the world telling your story because it's so important to the next generation. And uh, I can't wait to follow the progress of your daughter because, right, you know, yeah. she is a hockey player. <laughs> we didn't talk about her. Might be some violation, but uh, we'll be seeing you around the rinks. Pam, thank you so yeah, much. I got to give you a hug. Thank you for everything you're doing. All right. Pam Kelleher with Digit Murphy at Cornell, over and out. <laughs>